welcome to Let's Talk Church. I'm Brian. And I'm Matt. We're here to talk about all that is going on in the church world. In this podcast, we find blog posts, articles, and vicious rumors about the church world, and we talk about it. All right, Matt, let's do it. Let's talk church. Well, hey, 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 how are you today? Oh, that's some echo. <laughs> you must be playing with sound effects. No, I'm not. I was, I hear the echo too. What is that about? Um, oh, Wait, is, your, it's, is your phone joined? Yep. Let's see if that solves it. Hey, 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 how are there you we today? Go. That's the joy of uh, doing live stuff for the first time. Yeah. So how are you tonight, Matt? I am well, Brian. I tell you what, I'm getting ready to do some traveling here in a little bit. And so I'm trying to get all my stuff together tonight for that. And that's always a hassle. Right. Um, long week ahead of things to get done. And not all of it's terribly pleasant. Yeah, that's, uh, sometimes that's part of life, I guess. I've got a very, uh, interesting technical problem. I've got a dedicated machine to perform a specific task on a manufacturing line that was put together by some engineers. It's, it's a machine based on several small computers, not necessarily Raspberry Pis, but one, that's one of the components that do different functions. I have no documentation no support it's really nasty dirty and i'm supposed to figure it out and be the expert at it by the end of this week i can do this you can do it it's going to be a it it will be a challenge that is worthy of accepting oh and a replacement costs eighty thousand (laughs) dollars okay (laughs) so okay yeah you need to figure it out yeah (laughs) At that price range, you just gotta right. go figure it out. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a that's a lot. So, we we've been off for what almost three months now. We uh, recorded our last episode at the beginning of December. So, it's been a while. What have we been up to? Well, I bought a house. You bought a house. Mm-hmm. Super excited about that. Uh, I bought a house, and uh, I'm sitting here thinking, should I say where I bought the house? But I guess I will, because you can Google me and figure out where I live. I now live in the uh, glorious town of Flower Mound. Um, we've, uh, it may or may not have been a town started by a cult. <laughs> um, we'll get into that and another upcoming project we have going on, yep. which I'll let you introduce in a minute. Um, I forgot to even tell you about it. it. May or may not have been started by a cult. Yeah, I had no so, idea. Flower Mound. There is an actual mound that has flowers on it. Yeah, it's over by Grace. Still maintained. Yeah, still maintained here. It's a it's a protected place, but it is where this group used to gather to do worship services. They go out into the country and do worship. It is no longer considered the country. It's quite the city at this point. Yeah. It's the suburbs, maybe. Not really the city, but the suburbs. It's a bigger city than we grew up in. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but we were in quite a small small city, small town. Yeah. Um, and it is bigger now. You know, like a lot of things mm-hmm. around DFW, it's grown because there's so much jobs and prosperity and wealth here, right? Right, yep. Um, Absolutely. We'll get into that here in a little bit, too. But uh, other big things happening... Well, that's the biggest thing. I'll let you introduce about our new podcast, but what's been happening in your world in the last couple months? Well, you know, we uh, we had planned to get back together in January, uh, get started back with this. Life got in the way. Kids got sick. Your kids got sick. It's just been a, oh, yeah, a COVID. bit of a mess. But... <laughs> and then, then my Greek class started. And... This has been the most difficult class that I've done ever for all of well, let me, all of my classes. Well, let me uh, just reassure just, you that most pastors just make up the Greek in their sermons anyway. Well, 
you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't do well at making stuff up. Um, so it, it Is this took why a lot you're of longer a Baptist. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a few topics there. Uh, but I finished it, finished this class, start my next one week after next, and it'll be the last one that I ever have to do until I start on a master's. So, school is going good. It's been a lot of fun, a bit of a challenge. And on top of all that, we started another podcast. Uh, we started our Faith, Frauds, and Falsehoods podcast, in which you and I get to sit down and have a chat about... Uh, well, cults. You know, to put it to put it plainly, uh, we're talking about the oh the wild and crazy, right? Uh, the the different, the strange, the unique um, pieces of cults. Uh, so we're digging through that. We've uh, did our first episode. It launched today, right? Yes. Today? yes. Yes. Cool. It is. It is now live. I uh, got the websites built for those and up to date on our God Speaks to You website. So we're we're moving forward. Well, that is exciting. Yeah. So Flower Mound was formed. I uh, was originally started by some church or a church group. Mm-hmm. Was it a cult or not? I don't know, but I want to look into it. I really don't know what church it was, so I'm not trying to be unfair to them. Of course, yeah, we could, but it would definitely be worth probably going over to the Flower Mound Library and looking at some some old data and old documents and see what what really was going on. Yeah, yeah, it's something I want to look into. Might be episode two of Faith Frauds and Falsehoods. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I've, I've I've done some research on quite a few different cults. Um, yep. Uh, do you want to talk about who we're going to start with on Faith, Frauds, and Falsehoods? Or, or start with episode one, what we started with, and then talk about where we're going yeah, on that? Yeah, I was going to say, episode one, we, we spent some time laying the foundation, uh, some background, some expectations, right? We needed to be sure that we understood for ourselves what uh, Christianity is, what it is... Uh, some of the, the core pieces and core dogmas of Christianity. Uh, we also spent some time talking about um, exactly what some of the pieces are that constitute a cult. You know, obviously, I don't think there's any um, definitive standard set of of um, what's the word. Uh, criteria that you would use to say this is or is not a cult. I think it's it's a little bit more subjective than that. So we, we spent some time looking at what those pieces are that, that we're looking at from a high level. Um, so that was that was episode that launched today and our first uh, our first cult of of topic is gonna be Tony Alamo Ministries. Um, Matt and I have a little bit of personal experience around uh, Alamo Ministries. We grew up in a, just outside of a city that he was, um, we grew up in a city that he was just outside of as far as some of his ministry efforts. So that's that's where we're going to start. Yeah, we have a shared, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Shared wonder or astoundment that this old pervert wasn't shot by some redneck. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think the reason for that is he was he was very rarely in town. He spent a lot of time in California. But find out more on Faith, Frauds, and Falsehoods. April third, yes. I think will be the next one. Yeah, April third. So, so we're we're moving to a little bit different. Uh, schedule on these so we wanted to start the 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 the, the show about cults the faith falls and falsehoods and we realized that we were doing this one every week for a while and it was a great time for us to catch up but we decided we really wanted to put a little more work into our content a little more work into our production 
kind of spread it out a little bit so we could kind of make this a better thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk about a little bit about what some of the changes we're making to this podcast. So we're we're starting out. Um, you know, this this week is our first week back. It's kind of a chance to catch up and see exactly what's going on. But our long term goal and plan is that we're going to start recording these live, just like we're doing now. Um, you can visit uh, letstalkchurch.net. There's a link there, or there's a link on GodSpeaksToYou.com uh, to be able to get to here. Uh, we're going to figure out embedding and things like that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so that's that's our first thing, is we're recording it live, more like a radio show than a podcast. It uh, gives us a chance to get some feedback from you guys um, and to, to chat directly with, with you and see what's going on. Um, in that same vein, we're moving away from articles, right? You know, we had started this podcast thinking, you know, we can we can pull some articles from places like Christianity Today and um, Charisma and wherever else we could find articles, you know. Um, and that worked. That was that was all well and good, but we caught ourselves very quickly uh, migrating towards the articles that we were able to find more application from, rather than just news type articles or um, scandals. You know, there were a, well a bunch of those that we had to read through and decide if we were going to talk about them. But, well, about that. So it's kind of funny because at, at the same time we had. Uh, we found ourselves overwhelmed with the sheer number of articles and trying yeah. to go through them. It was like some work to try to go through these and then we pick which ones and we were doing a voting thing. And I think we arranged that well, but it was just a lot of work to do that. And on the other hand, dismissing so many articles because they were on topics we just didn't really want to talk about. Right. Because we didn't want to be in the subject of um, tearing down ministries and the subject of rumors and things like that of people we really don't know. Don't be wrong, I don't mind you know, calling out when calling out needs to be done. But there were so many articles we just didn't really want to go into because all it was going to do was hurt the kingdom and not help the kingdom. Right. Um, we want to help the kingdom, and if that means helping the kingdom through pointing out some errors and, and helping the kingdom get realigned, hey, I'm cool with that, but I'm not cool with just tearing down people because they're the target of the media at the moment. And, and you are not either. I know you, that is not where your heart lies at all, to, to, to destroy right. the kingdom Absolutely. at all. And so we found ourselves overwhelmed and yet dismissing so many. It was it was untenable. Mm-hmm. There's my big yeah. college word for the day, by the way. There you go. Untenable. Yeah, yeah we, we tried you know a few different ways to, to call some things out and started limiting to just particular sources. And it just, it, it never really worked out. I mean, it, it worked, but it wasn't what we wanted it to be, right? Not in the beginning. So we're going to shift to more topical discussions just based on what we want to talk about. You know, you and I will sit down after each show and kind of talk about what we're going to talk about a couple of weeks from now and start thinking through it, you know? So it's going to be a little bit more fun, a little bit more relaxed, um... I wrote on the the website, you know, that while you and I both have good factual knowledge that we're going to work off of, at the same time, we're going to be presenting a lot of opinion. You know, this is this is just going to be a chat, right? It's a chance for us to talk about what's going on, not necessarily citing sources and things like that, like we will on faith frauds and falsehoods, but um, just a good chance to to talk about what's going on. Let me reassure you that my opinions are fact, and so that should just make things a lot easier for for you and our our, our viewing audience here. Perfect, love it. So, hey, you mentioned the website there. Why don't you give a little shout out to that? Let let, let us know what the URL is and how we could um, keep up the, with things. The the one right that that we're putting everything under right is GodSpeaksToYou.com. It's that's God the speaks two? the number two and the letter U. Uh, dot com. Um, I know we talked about it. You know that was uh, my friend Jerry's domain name, and he was killed in a car accident. 
Um, and so we've we kind of took it back, you know, since I owned the domain, and we're going to continue to use it to, to spread the gospel. Um, we do have a site specifically for Let's Talk Church, and it's just letstalkchurch.net. Um, it's pretty basic at the moment. There's not really much to it. We've got to figure out what we're going to add to it. But uh, that's, that's where we're at for the moment. You know, you mentioned websites. I've got a couple of domain names that if anybody in our audience uh, has a good use for, I'd be willing to uh, let them have. One that I have that I think is a pretty good domain name is wherecanipray.org. Um, somebody can make some good use of that. And the other one that I know some of my friends could use is mychurchsucks.org. <laughs> Those are some domain names I have just in my back pocket there. Kind of thought about some projects on them, but hadn't got around to it. Uh, some other domains I have that are coming up pretty soon is uh, Fat Matt Soaps. But that one's probably unrelated. <laughs> so one yeah. of the other things we're trying to do with this is we're trying to, you mentioned a little bit earlier about bringing, in a, uh, bringing our audience in, kind of do it more of a radio show type thing. And we're trying out some different platforms. We tried a platform tonight that does allow uh, our audience to listen, but doesn't really give us any sort of chat access with them. Oh, I thought it did. I thought that had it integrated. I kind of want to look around for something that may have that integrated. If it doesn't, we could set up a chat room somewhere else. Yeah, we could set something up on that. Discord. If we yeah, something we like that. that or um, Maybe even host our own IRC server or something. I don't know. Because not everybody has a Discord account. Yeah, but not everybody has an IRC client either. <laughs> no, 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 no. It'd be a web. It'd be a website. So can Discord. <sighs> we'll see. We'll, come I, we, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out the chatting and let uh, a couple of geeks start work talking about technology. That's right. We'll get off on the, on the tangent there. But uh, I thought this yeah. would have some chat implemented because it has chat, but apparently not with the audience. I was just yeah. testing this with some of our audience just a moment ago. They can. It does have an interface for them to to call in. Which oh. I like that part. Yeah. So they could call in. They could say what their question is, and we can accept their call. Um, so they could call in while we were talking and ask questions and stuff. That would be that would be pretty cool. We might uh, if we can figure out like actually text chatting. Uh, yeah, I think I think this can be a a, a pretty fun little project. We could do like stump the garrison, and they could call in and try to try to say something to stump you, sir. Okay. <laughs> Those Ancient are always medieval fun. theology, or we'll, we'll we'll find something that's hard for you. Those are always fun. Um, oh, so but, go you ahead. You want to go the topic for tonight? Yeah, I was gonna say. So, what are we talking about tonight? So tonight we're gonna talk about. It's a little controversial. We're going to talk about paying the pastor. Should your pastor be fully funded? Now, let me tell you where that term fully funded comes from. When I was in seminary, I took seminary through a seminary extension, through Southwestern Seminary Extension in, in Texarkana. Um, because it was an extension class, it was a night class type thing. We only did, a, we did I think, three subjects at a time. And uh, we would go there once or twice a week for a few hours and being a bunch of Baptists, you know, it was a few hours. We really got into it. Um, I could go on and on about seminary. That was a lot of fun, the seminary extension stuff, but that's related to also this pay thing. I'll, and I'll bring up that story too. Uh, but a lot of preachers in smaller churches are bivocational. You know, we, we, we don't like to use the term, uh, full-time preacher because every preacher's full-time whether they get paid to be full-time or not it's almost impossible to do the job if without putting in what would be considered full-time hours so we use the term fully funded meaning they do not have to go out and seek other employment to take care of their family to, to provide for their household um and the question is, should a preacher be fully funded? Some people say yes, some people say no. Both you and I have been in both sides of the church world where we've worked with really small churches who either 
could not or would not fully fund their pastors. And we worked with really big churches which generously fund their pastors. Or some really big churches who don't fund their pastors whatsoever, but their pastor is able to use their position at the church to get funded in other ways. And and, and disclaimer here, um, because while I no longer work uh, in the same place that you do, um, you know, we're not calling out any particular pastor or denomination or church. We're going to talk about these subjects in general. And your job has nothing whatsoever to do with paying of pastors. And you generally have no idea what any pastors you may work with get paid. Right. Just want to disclaimer that a little bit, you know. I'd probably be scared to know what some of them get paid. (laughs) (laughs) And you might be surprised how little some of them get paid. Right. Yeah. Um, So... So Go ahead. This this is a this is an interesting topic because uh, both sides have a good argument. Do they? Uh, they do. Um, but believe it or not, there is. What, what are those arguments in general? There's there's really the biblical argument, right? That's that's the one that truly comes down to the answer, right? I was um, like, you, well, you just ended the whole subject for us. You're going to tell us what the biblical argument is that we know what the answer is, right? Well, but and our, that's our, the problem. Okay. The biblical argument has both. Hmm. Uh, Jesus, right, talks about the worker being worthy of his wages, right? If you do work, you should be paid. Right, as a pastor, you're doing work, both ministerially, administratively, um, speaking. You know, as a as a as a a pastor standing in front of people. You know, this this is all work, right? And therefore, you should be paid. But Paul was a tent maker. Paul specifically worked his way through his ministry. Right, so. Both avenues are there. Which one is right? Well, now, there's more nuance to that, as I'm sure you know. Paul was a tent maker, yes. However, Paul did accept money from the church. Right, he accepted money as gifts from the church. Mm -hmm. But he worked his way through actually traveling and and doing things so that he was not a burden to the others. And he even said, while he was saying, hey, he worked his way so he wasn't a burden, was in 1 Corinthians? Philippians was one of the spaces. One of the spaces is Philippians, but I'm thinking specifically 1 Corinthians. I got a note here. 1 Corinthians 9 on there. He mentions that he, 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 he he would be deserving Mm-hmm. Of being paid, right? Because that, that, he was worthy of his wage, right? But yes, he did not. He chose not to be paid because he didn't want to be a burden. Remember that, and this is another argument that some people against paying pastors make. Mm-hmm. Paul was not a pastor, right? Paul was a missionary. He was a straight up missionary. He mm-hmm. left in place and put in place pastors after he formed a church. Right. When he left, and he often seemed to put in place uh, 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 for those pastors to be taken care of financially. But he was a missionary, so him saying that he deserved to be paid, even if he wasn't, is his argument for missionaries, not necessarily for pastors. I feel like we're picking at things a little bit when we say that, but that's an argument that some people make. Right. I was going to say, it's, it's the argument that is made. And let's right, go back to sides. Acts when they came to the to, to, to the to them and they said, Hey, you know, we got these problems with this with basically with the feeding ministry. And they're like, Look, we're supposed to be working on the word of God and, and, and teaching and preaching. We're not we, we, we don't have time to be looking at this stuff too. So y'all appoint some people and take care of this. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. Um if a pastor has to focus on how he's gonna make a living and take care of his family is he really putting in the time that he should be on preaching and teaching? 
Right. I, I, um, I would say probably not. But on the other hand, some congregations simply can't afford it. Yeah. So um, I was, I was thinking ahead. about that one because I've been in those churches that just cannot afford it. Could and they not afford it because they didn't give well or because they just didn't have the money? I think I, I've been at least at two churches that fell into this category. One of them did not give in the way that they could have. And the other, no matter how much everyone gave, it still wouldn't have been enough. Yeah, I've been in a right. church like that where the majority of people in the church literally made 600 something dollars a month. Right. That was their income. They barely and often couldn't pay for their own housing and things. And they had to different living with family and different situations. So for them to tithe 10%, which I realize it doesn't have to be exactly 10, but that's the baseline a lot of churches work on, right? Right. For them to tithe 10% would be impractical because $60 mm -hmm. out of 600 is a huge amount for someone who can't even pay their bills with the 600 Right. Yes, absolutely. And that was the absolute majority of our church. We had a few members who did a lot better than that and tithed a lot better. Most of the church budget was handled by three or four people. Right. Um, we had some people who made $600 a month who did tithe, but again, it's just super hard. Now... This is also why the church in different forms around the world sometimes looks different. We, we, we look at it, the example of middle America here, um, but in different parts around the world, sometimes the church is you know, almost commune-like. It's a, it's a right. community. It's the people who live together and, and work together and da-da-da. And it's easier to take care of one another whenever you're sharing expenses. If everybody eats together every night. You know, my family grew up very poor. And there's a lot of times, if it wasn't for my aunts and uncles, we wouldn't have eaten. Uh, my mama tried real hard, but uh, she was real close with her brothers and sisters. And there's my, my uncles and my aunts, you know, made sure we, we ate a lot of times. And a lot of times they didn't have much either. And the way we ate is that our families all came together and ate together. We often lived together. Even if we didn't live together, we often ate together. And we'd have... <laughs> A joke about my, my aunt, I won't name her name because she'd be embarrassed if I talk about this, but one of my aunts used to make hamburger helper, and she had a whole bunch of kids, and she'd make one box of hamburger helper for everybody. Mm. And what she would do, because she'd have the money for all that, one pound of hamburger meat was a lot of money, even when it was 99 cents a pound. And so she'd make one box of hamburger helper for like 15 of us. Uh, and what she would do is we'd have soup. That's soup, mm. basically. When you keep adding enough water to it, it's soup. You know, right. if we're lucky, we get a couple extra cans of veg all thrown in there. Mm. Um, but she made it work because he, it's cheaper to feed people all together. Well, you might be able to take care of your pastor better if, if the whole community was all together. And as we go and study about these cults, we're going to see where some preachers kind of take advantage of that. Some, some, some of these leaders of some of these cults. And maybe they start off in a harmful way, maybe they don't. And then there's the thing where people worry about praying the preacher. Because as a preacher, as a pastor, it is very easy to take advantage of those people who think they need to take care of you. You know, just like we're both fathers, right? And we got to take care of our children. And we both work really hard to take care of our children really well and make sure they have things and stuff and everything they need. But on the other hand, we both have to carefully consider what we give them because they're kids and they could easily... Right. It's not so much about them being ungrateful, but they could easily, we could corrupt their personalities by giving them every little thing they want, right? Yes. Yep. And I think a congregation can do the same thing. I've seen that happen to pastors. Men I know who I think are quote-unquote good men in general, and then their church takes care of them so lavishly that they kind of start to think they deserve it. You know? Yeah, and that's, you know... Uh... That's a that's a dangerous position to be in. Um, I was talking with uh, with a mutual friend of ours, uh, Ted, the other day, and we were we were kind of talking about this this topic, and the the question came up, you know, if 
a church is unable or unwilling to fully fund their pastor should they still exist. Well, there's that too, because sometimes churches decide to merge with other churches or other congreg- other local congregations so exactly. that they can do more things together. Right, and, and that was our, our where we wound up ending was in those cases, those churches, as they start to... Um, I don't want to say as they start to die, but as they as they start to lose steam and, and fall back, um, joining with other local churches that are in the same boat and having one pastor that multiple churches essentially are paying because they're all in one building now, that pastor is then fully funded and can serve in the way that he's supposed to be. Right. Well, you know, in in my Sunday school class this morning, our, our life groups or small groups, whatever we call them this week, um, in, in my class this morning, one of our members, uh, she often gets up and leads about prayer and stuff. She she there's a few people who do that, but she's one who often does, and she's definitely got the uh, the spiritual gift to be able to lead such a thing. You know, uh, she's very compassionate and. We were discussing Ukraine and praying for the Ukraine and the whole war thing going on right there. Um, for those of y'all who are listening to us later on, Russia invaded the Ukraine just, uh, what, a week or two ago? And, um, you know, this might be the start of World War Three. Like, seriously. We really don't know. And anyways, we were discussing praying for the people in Ukraine and what we could do to help and different resources to help. And she mentioned something. She's like, you know... One thing y'all need to remember is that it's super important that we tithe. That tithing and, and supporting our church is an important thing. And, and when you think of things like this, think about how you support your church. And she mentioned specifically that our church just recently, because of so many people, and I go to one of the largest churches in the country, because so many people in our church do tithe, our church just recently gave a million dollars to the International Mission Board. And that was a big thing. That's helped a lot of missionaries go do a lot of things. That money is going to help with some of those missionaries that have been working in the Ukraine and things like that. And so she mentioned that. She's like, and you got to remember that when we all work together, we can make bigger things happen. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be in some mega church. I'm not of that opinion whatsoever. But um, but I'm very happy we're we're there at, at this point in time. Um, but yeah, coming together, the church plant I used to work with, we've had that happen where we had other congregations come and join us or other congregations that dissolved and maybe they went to other places, but what resources they have, they gave to us because we could use them for kingdom work and they by themselves weren't able to effectively to, even though they had the wheel, you know? Right. Um, And then I've seen other churches who had nothing but could go out and do a lot. I will tell you that a pastor not being fully funded does not necessarily make that pastor less effective. The Lord works in lots of ways. The Lord worked through Paul. While he was making tents, he was still able to plant churches that lasted for, for a long time and literally writing books of the Bible here, right? While he was while he was not fully funded. Right. Um, yep. So it doesn't make a pastor ineffective necessarily. Right. But it it does add that extra oh, that extra layer of stress that doesn't necessarily have to be there. You know, I know uh one of the churches that I've served in I don't know, fifteen years ago now, um, I was there as a youth pastor and, and wasn't wasn't paid at all Uh, they gave me a place to live but that was it and it it was hard it was very very hard to focus on leading those kids and trying to build them up while also trying to figure out okay I don't have a job how am I going to buy groceries this week right you know um, and I, it's not necessarily the same for everybody, right? But it's definitely something to consider if you're in a position that you're not funded at all, right? You're having to work, right? 
if you're having to work, you can be working somewhere where you're effective. You know, I mean, like right now, if I took on a ministry position and kept my job what I'm doing, I'm still doing something that would allow for me to do ministry at the same time, right? Um, just because of the nature of my work. But not everyone has that opportunity. Not everyone gets to, to do that. Some people are working over the road, you know, driving trucks, because that's the only thing they can do. And so yeah, they're I, coming I home recently... on Saturday night and prepping to preach Sunday morning. Yeah, I just recently was trying to work with one of the ministries at my church, and I ended up rescheduling the appointment twice, and then the third time just had to tell them, you know what, I need to just not do this because I just I've got too much going on uh, with my day job to be able to to do what I was hoping I was going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that 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 upset me a little bit. Yeah, um, and and you were doing that as a layperson, you know, stepping in to try to help. I mean, imagine trying to to lead the entire church and having to also have a day job yeah well back when i was a youth pastor i had a job i wasn't paid to be a youth pastor uh, my budget was two hundred dollars a year for the youth yep and uh so really my budget was whatever came in my pocket everything we did came out of my own pocket i was lucky to have a what was considered back then a good job um but I still didn't make very much money and was constantly going from work right up to the church and staying at the church late at night trying to get things done and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. It was a, it was a big struggle to, to do both at the same time. But there was no other options right. uh, for that. Um, now, during that time, I was paid not as a youth pastor, but I was paid to be a uh, trucker's chapel chaplain. I was a junior chaplain with the the trucker's chapel. And that's the other side of this whole pay thing. And this is kind of an argument against. So I was paid basically what it cost me in tuition to go to seminary. So I was told, hey, look, you should really go to seminary. There's these classes you can do and da-da-da. And I got in, but I didn't really have the money to take care of it because I was also doing the youth pastor thing while I had my regular job and all this. And they're like, well tell you what well i'm gonna get you on at the trucker's chapel and you can do a sermon there i had to go every week and i only preached every other week i think it was mm-hmm. and um basically i was paid to go to these sermons i i never really bought into that ministry i never felt a calling to that ministry i don't hate the ministry i think it's a great ministry i think it's a very needed ministry i didn't fit in and never really i just got up there and did the sermons i had to do and I will tell you, there was many a days I did the sermon with one other person there or no other people there. But I did it anyway because I was being paid to do it. Right. And I felt bad about it. You know, looking back about that, I think of that as a negative thing. I wish I had said no. I very much enjoyed going to seminary. But I felt like I was whoring myself out, really. You know? That Derek Webb song you, you hear me talk about all the time. He sings, I am a whore, I do confess. I put you on just like a wedding dress, and I run down the aisle. Talking about the church being the bride of Christ, you know? Right. And the truth is, we're not a very good bride. We don't deserve to wear white, you know? Right. We're, yeah. we're not holy and pure, um, aside from, from, from relationship with Christ. And so anyways, I felt really bad about it, and I still feel bad about it to this day, being paid to do that, because I feel like that... I wasn't called to that ministry. I was paid to do that ministry. You know, and I see preachers pick up jobs sometimes that are ministry jobs, especially chaplain jobs, and not be called to it, but they do it because those jobs pay so they can do other stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, and and you make a, a lead into a point that that I had kind of thought through earlier. You know, this this whole idea of fully funded is is interesting because fully funded should mean that 
as pastor, you don't have to do anything else but work for the church, right? Um, but I know of pastors who the church pays them more than enough to be fully funded, in scare quotes, um, and yet they still have another job, mm-hmm. right? And they're doing that because their other job pays really good, the church is paying really good, and the church isn't demanding that they're there all the time, so why not? And it gets into some dangerous, dangerous ground because you then begin chasing the money instead of chasing God. Well, and let me ask you this. Are they pastors in congregational denominations? The first one that I'm thinking of (laughs) is not. It's a non-denominational prosperity gospel kind of church. Okay, but are they led by the pastor or by the congregation? Yes, no, by the pastor. But they're not led by a larger organization of the church? Nope, it's just a little side ministry that he started that has done well enough to make him some money. So that's the thing, too. I was thinking about this fully funding pastors thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, in, in as, as a Southern Baptist, traditionally, Baptist churches used to uh, provide a house for the pastor. Right. And would often uh, provide things like that as, as well as a salary for them to do things. In some more traditional Christian denominations, sects, what have you, like the Catholics, they provide a house for their, their, their pastors, their priests, but they also provide everything for them. Mm-hmm. You know, the church provides everything. It's not necessarily about a salary. I think they get some spending money. I know they get some spending money, actually. Um but they they provide their food, room, and board in the whole nine yards for them. And so that's a little different because everything is provided for. Now, in their case, they're not supporting their whole family because they're not right. allowed to have families, um, which seems that's another problem for another day. Yeah, it's another topic to talk through. <laughs> there. But there are some churches that do that. And like I said, Southern Baptists used to traditionally do that. It's not near as common anymore. And I think that has a lot to do with tax laws and things. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're a pastor and they're paying you well, but you keep this other job, if you're a congregational-led church, there's always the possibility they're going to vote you out. And you need to take care of your family first, and so you need to have another option for your family. I know a lot of pastors who are fully funded, and maybe they don't have another job, but they definitely have other job skills. And I've seen what happens when pastors get voted out, and then all of a sudden, how do they take care of their family? What do they do? Where do they go get a job until they get land another ministry position? Because for good reason, a lot of churches don't just hire on pastors super quick. You know, it's a process. It takes time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I know pastors that have kind of, it's been said, oh, they left the ministry, but all they really did was trying to pay, you know, pay the mortgage until they, they got a different position somewhere. Yeah. Um, so there's that to consider. Uh, I do wonder that if it wouldn't be better sometimes for us to take care of more of the needs of the pastors. And I tell you, the Bible, I think, is pretty clear that we should take care of pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, they should not demand it, but we should, as a church, take care of them anyway. Right. And another thing I want to sneak in here somewhere, it's not exactly fit, but I just want to sneak in before we were done. We're already f- almost 45 minutes into this, is um, some big church pastors, you would assume get paid a lot of money. But often, if they are popular in the culture at all, they make money off of a side job, which is writing books. Mm -hmm. Writing books, speaking tours, things like that. And we consider that ministry because they're preaching and things like that, but really it's a side job, as any other would be, and that's often where they make the biggest amount of their money. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them may not even take any salary from uh, their church. The same thing with celebrity CEOs, by the way. There are celebrity CEOs who get paid a dollar a year, but they make money off of their celebrity, basically. Right. Yep. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, it it depends. You know, um, I know a pastor 
very well here in the Dallas area who has made quite a bit of money selling books. Yeah. But I also know that his time spent selling books or writing books is time spent at the church. Right? So he's he's doing a lot of writing at the church. He's still there and present and he's working on things here, working on things there, and it just kind of all fits together, fits under his ministry for the church. You know, I think in that case, you know, he's writing books that are intended to build up other people. You know, now, if you're a pastor and you're writing the next Fifty Shades, then there's probably a problem. Uh, I mean, I often see my pastor... <laughs> who has books, he'll write a book and then he'll say, oh, this book is for sale in the church bookstore. Mm -hmm. And this is a series on da-da-da, and this is what I'm talking about here. And he's writing that for the benefit of our congregation. I mentioned our congregation is quite large. Yeah, A book is a fairly effective way to reach our congregation. You know, there's preaching on Sunday, but to, to really be a part of their life, he can't go personally talk to all of our congregation. So a book could be an effective way to do that. And I see him use it as a tool. On the other hand, as we've seen recently on a famous podcast about Mars Hill and uh, Martin Driscoll, they were caught by they, their pastor wrote books, and in order to make him more money on those books, the church spent a lot of church resources to buy the books. By buying the books in a, let's just say, underhanded way, rather than doing a bulk order from the supplier, they literally paid a company to go to bookstores and buy the books. So they paid more money. There's some argument there. Maybe they weren't a good steward of the funds. They paid more money to pay a company to go to all these bookstores and buy the books so that the books would look like they're selling really well and be put on the New York Times bestseller list. Because once a book's on the New York Times bestseller list or Oprah's list, then it sells even more. It's kind of that avalanche thing. And they were trying mm -hmm. to get the avalanche started. And they did and were super successful at it. And their pastor made several million dollars because of it. Their right. argument being they were that they were reaching more people that by helping him to get more popular, they were actually spreading the gospel and spreading the message a lot further while they got rich doing it. All right. You know? Yeah. So it's yeah, that same thing. And I know my church buys books. Now, my church does not buy books in that underhanded way. They order books from a supplier and sell it in our bookstore officially and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but they literally found at Mars Hill boxes and boxes of books stuck in the back somewhere. Mm. So there's ways to cheat the system, and anytime there's money involved, there's going to be ways right. to cheat, and sin's going to invade. Sin is in the church. Um, I, won't, I don't want to say the words we can't have, we can't keep sin out of the church, but we've got to constantly work on keeping sin out of the church. Absolutely. Just like we have to constantly work on keeping sin out of our lives, we can't just say, "Okay, Lord, forgive me of all my sins." Ooh, now I'm not a sinner no more. It right. just don't work that way, y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we and, and the same thing in our personal lives is going to be in the church because the church is just made up of these people. We've got to constantly work to keep that sin out. And some churches, I think, find it easier to say, you know what, we're not going to deal with all that money. We're not going to be a big church. We're not going to have a bunch of money. We're not going to pay the pastor hardly anything to avoid the sin. I'm not sure you don't venture into sin there yourself. It's, it's such a hard line to draw. It you is. Know, what a pastor made in 1992 or 2002 is going to be way different than what they make in 2022. You know, inflation's, I think they've said 7.5%, but I swear it's way higher than that. Oh, right yeah, now. it's definitely higher than that. Um, I mean, some of our bills are 30, 40, 50% more than they were a year ago. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's a moving target. I think like a lot of things... The Bible's pretty clear on the basics of it, which is that we should take care of the pastor. Mm -hmm. But the actual specifics of it, we got to work that out. Right. The uh, economia, right? The the way that it actually works in reality. You know, it's different from church to church, from culture to culture. It's just, it's, it's going to be unique for everybody. Um, it's, a, it's a hard line to walk. You know, you start, you start allowing for money to take center stage, and it's a it's a quick drop into 
the, the pits of sin that just tear you up. You know, that's what destroys many, many churches. It's either money or sex. Or both. Several, several churches that have fallen, you know, big names, small names. It's one of those two reasons. And I think it's it's wise for each church, right, to sit down and say, this is what we're going to do and why, right? If the why is because we can't afford it and no one's going to give more to be able to, to make up for it, right, then there's a different conversation to be had about finding another church to join with or multiple churches to join with. If it's we don't want to, right, then it's we should just close our doors and go home because we're not actually in this for ministry, right? We're just in this to be part of a club. But if it is really, we're really concerned that sin is going to come in on this money front and we want to be sure that we're avoiding that, that's a, that's a conversation to be had and work towards, work through day by day. So, sadly, Matt, there is no answer as to what is right. <laughs> I think we knew that coming into this, that we weren't uh, we weren't going to walk away with a gold standard. This is what it is. At least not on this topic. I don't know. I think we are walking away with the conclusion that we should pay the pastor, and the church should pay the pastor and take care of the pastor appropriately. The fuzziness comes in is what is appropriate. Right. You know, and we even discussed that if you can't then there's some other options you need to look into. But in the right way, a church should be able, a local congregation should be able to take care of their pastor appropriately. And if they can't, they need to make those corrections to be able to do so. Yep, and it's a, it's a matter of defining appropriate. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good uh, conclusion to that podcast. Yeah, man, I, I, think, uh, I think this new format's going to work out well for us. I... Enjoyed this conversation, and I can't wait till uh, the third week. We're going to start doing the first and the third week, right? Yeah, of yes. every month. Yes, yes. We're actually recording on the first and the thirds. Right, yep. So we'll be live on the first and the thirds, yep. Yes. And, and I think it'll actually probably drop like on Anchor and Spotify and everywhere else on the second and fourth. But the live is what matters. This is where you want to be. Yes. Follow me on Facebook. Brian is now a, 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 a convert away from Facebook, but follow me on Facebook yep. and I will post whenever we're going to be live. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matt. Have a good night. You too.